0: Hello everybody and welcome to another edition of the Africa's my name is Brendan Lotz and joining me as always is Robin Lichetti. Howdy and Louie Monzon. What's up everybody? How are you guys doing this week? He asked sensitively knowing that we're in the throes of stage six load shedding still
1: oh. <laughs> Surviving
0: Definitely. I don't even know if surviving is the right thing to say at this point. I'm fed up. I am <laughs> incredibly fed up um, And it seems so is ESCOM with Andre DeRita. Uh, on Wednesday, the utility announced that it would let the uh, group chief executive officer uh, for ESCOM They would let him go early uh, He was serving out a notice period until the end of March uh, They then moved up that notice period to 28th of February And then uh, said, no, it's fine, you can actually just go Um this follows a rather explosive interview with uh, ETV's Annika Larson, um, and Doraisa made a number of shocking allegations in that uh, in that interview. Um, he says that he expressed his concern to a senior government minister about attempts, in his view, to water down governance. Um, around the $8.5 billion that, by and large, due to ESCOM's intervention, they got at the COP26 conference. And the response was essentially that you must be pragmatic. In order to pursue the greater good, you have to enable some people to eat a little bit. Um, He also alleged that uh, as much as 1 billion rand a day was lost to corruption at the utility. Um, And uh, a lot of people celebrated him for this. However, a lot more people have questioned, why is this only coming to light now? when you're leaving escom why not uh, announce it or reveal it earlier uh because of this escom has had to hire an interim chief executive officer and they have selected chief financial officer caleb kasim who's been with the utility for over 20 years he will take over the role as uh interim chief executive officer for escom um yeah Lots of uh, movements at ESCOM. Unfortunately, no movements in the right direction to addressing stage six load shedding, uh, which South Africa has been in the grip of since Sunday evening. Uh, And it shows no signs of abating. Um, Yeah, pretty bad for the utility in South Africa as a whole.
2: It's terrible. It seems like it just keeps getting worse. Yeah. Honestly, throughout the whole week. Um, I believe at the beginning of the week, ESCOM, or even the Raider, there was a media... Kind of panel the they had, and, and I believe you said that they were looking to kind of go back to stage four by Wednesday. Yeah. And uh, I guess literally everything has gone wrong yeah. since then.
0: I mean, so if you follow the ESCOM spokesperson, uh, Sibonati, uh, I forget his surname now. It escapes me. But if you follow him on Twitter, he gives uh, every evening he gives an update of yeah. what the demand is, what the available generational capacity is, and uh, things have not improved. Maybe by like a thousand megawatts, uh, we've had some capacity return, um, but it looks like it's going to be a rather dark weekend across the country. Um, yeah, let's let's move on. Louis, you've got some. You wrote an interesting feature this week about how to use ChatGPT uh, in academics without cheating?
2: Yeah, so, I mean, right now, uh, ChatGPT and, and OpenAI and everyone's going crazy for AI and everyone wants their own little chatbot and their own thing and they want to make money from it and Google and the Microsoft and, you know, we've, we've covered these stories and we've talked about this um, almost ad nauseum, it feels like. Um, but one thing that's very interesting for me about ChatGPT is uh, around education. and. Um, and uh, obviously, when ChatGPT started getting getting popularity, uh, you know, educators and academics started seeing that it was going to be it could could be a problem. Um, we wrote uh, a feature a while ago, I think last year, about um, that you can basically get ChatGPT to write entire essays for you. And since then, people have found out that you can get ChatGPT to answer exam questions correctly, and you can use it to pass certain even very difficult, famously difficult exams. Um, so one thing that I wanted to kind of look at and one thing that i kind of been noticing with ChatGPT is that you can really ask it to do a lot of helpful things. It is a tool at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously uh, cheating and using ChatGPT to kind of not learn about things is not a good idea, right? Nice. But you can use it to help make your life easier. And um, so there are five things that I kind of outline in the in the feature that I think you can you can do with ChatGPT to kind of help you if you're in, in university and I kind of took this from my own experiences when I was in college and things that I really didn't like doing or things that I, I wish I could do then with the help of ChatGPT that we have now. So um, one of the first things is uh, you can ask it for recommendations for basically anything you want, right? Because yeah. it has like a pro- approximate knowledge of many, many things um, and you can really go deeper into that. Uh, one of the things I kind of highlight is um, you know, YouTube has become a tool um, right now for uh, learning for a lot of uh, people. And I don't know about you guys, but when I was in, in university, there would often be a, a lecturer here and there that would just put on a YouTube video randomly mm. to teach us things. Okay, not me. Yeah, definitely yeah, not. It was before my time. It's that dead well, that's I by
1: PowerPoint. Yeah.
2: <laughs> um, so uh, you can ask it for recommendations for YouTube channels to learn certain things, history or marketing, um, and it'll put there, a breakdown of the channel, a channel name. You can go check it out. Um, you can also ask for recommendations of authors or, or journals that you can check out for certain topics.
0: Um, I think that's really valuable because a lot of the times, like you're looking for somebody who's got similar sort of knowledge base, a uh, similar knowledge base, or yeah. is approaching the same subject matter from a different angle. And, like, you can't plug that into Google, you know. I mean, not yet, at least. But you can't plug that stuff into Google and get, like, actual recommendations that are drawing from a, like you say, a basic knowledge of that content. Um, So I think that's a really, really cool application for it. I do, too. And and what's kind of crazy about it is that you can really ask it
2: for recommendations about anything, really, so it's it's very customizable, right? Mm. For example, if you're doing an essay on, uh, let's say, an author, I don't know, um, Conrad. Uh, you're doing Heart of Darkness. You mm. can ask it, you know, re- please, can you recommend five uh, journals that talk about this so that I can use it for an essay or something? Yeah. And uh, importantly, you have to be very specific with your prompts because that'll help you kind of get the right information that you need. Um, and ChatGPT will just it'll just list all the things, and it, you can go, you can Google the names and check it out. And obviously, it can't. Um, I mean, you can even go further. You can ask it to detail what the, who these authors are and what these uh, writings are. Um, but that kind of leans towards more uh, information that you shouldn't be getting, or that, that you shouldn't the kind of dishonest way, right? Yeah. So it's all about kind of knowing where to where to limit uh, the usage. Um, and then the next point is that you can uh, ask ChatGPT for study tips. I know exams are not the easiest thing, and studying is uh, very difficult for a lot of people. Um, so you can ask it for breakdowns on how do you study certain certain subjects. Uh, you, you know, for example, biology. How do you study? What's the best way to to study for biology? It can list. It can help you with those things. Um, you can ask it for help in your writing. Um, I know that when I first got to university, there was a lot of a lot more essays than I was expecting, um, and composition was very important. How do you write an introduction? How do you write a conclusion properly? Um, signposting. What was signposting? Who knows? So you can you can ask it to help you with those things. You can ask it to teach you what signposting is, um, and. I think that's really, really interesting. Really cool. I wish I had something like that when I was, you know, um, I know I remember a lot of my uh, kind of the other people in my courses would would really struggle with these kinds of things, um, and they'd have to like wait to ask a lecturer, yeah. and even then the lecturers wouldn't be much help, yeah. because the problem is if you Google the things, sometimes it doesn't give you the right information. Yeah. Meanwhile, ChatGPT can, um, and you uh, the other one of the kind of the kind of. Top of top of your head kind of things that you can do with ChatGPT is you can just ask it any question, you you kind of think of. Yeah. So any random thought, uh, who who this author is, what this topic is, uh, what is a Phoenician sailor, for example, you can ask it that. That's kind of a out, out there kind of thing, and it will use its knowledge to tell you what it is. And then finally, for me, the most helpful thing that I found <laughs> that ChatGPT can do is that it can create citations for you so you can just plug them into your reference list, right? Yeah. So this takes forever when you, especially if you have a really long paper or you're doing your thesis or something like that, this takes forever. And it's usually done at the end and it's a very time consuming process. Um, you can, you with ChatGBT, you can literally just write uh, a prompt like, can you please provide the APA style reference for uh, this work by this author,
0: yeah. by
2: this publisher, yeah and it will literally go and find the book or the journal listed it'll it'll put um the name, the date, everything in in the perfect order and you can just copy and paste it into your references. Yeah. This is the same thing as the there are like software that people use where they plug in uh, it'll ask you what's the date what's the author's name what's the author's surname, what is the publisher, what is the name of the title and it'll kind of create the references for you. This is the same thing, but you skip all those steps, yeah, so it's not really cheating. <laughs> um, it just makes
1: your life a bit easier. Yeah, it just uh, seems like a really advanced and useful r- referencing tool. Yeah. yeah, which again is is like having a librarian on hand essentially.
0: For yeah, you. I mean, like you wouldn't quote the librarian in your uh, librarian, mm. librarian, <laughs> librarian. You wouldn't quote them in your uh, in your thesis, say. But I mean, if they taught you how to do a specific style of style of citation or mm-hmm. referencing. Um, like you would use that, yeah. you know, obviously if they did it correctly or showed you a neat trick. Yeah. yeah, I think it's a it's a cool little thing.
2: And I think that kind of leads to the final kind of caveat about all of this stuff is yeah. that you need to be not lazy and you need to mm-hmm. be like on top of things when you use ChatGPT, it can, I think when you open the website, it, it has a list of cons. And there it says, well, it can sometimes provide inaccurate information. And you need to be aware of that, especially if you're using referencing. Like, keep in mind what you need, what, you, what the style of referencing is. Mm. The is in the wrong place. Um, you know, things like that. Yeah, keep you need to check up, right? you need to check up. it. You can't, just, you can't just be copying and pasting without understanding what you're doing. Um, but overall, I think, you know, if you really wanted to, you really can use ChatGPT as a very helpful thing mm. at university.
0: Awesome, Uh, be sure to check out Lou's full feature. It's very, very, very interesting. Robin, uh, there's a new PlayStation controller.
1: Yes, the DualSense Edge. So for the longest time, not the longest, but for a long time at least, (laughs) Uh, Xbox players have had the luxury of purchasing the Elite wireless controller. It's, I guess, a more hardcore version. Luxury
0: is the correct word. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah,
1: fair enough. Um, uh, it's more, I guess, a hardcore version of the, the normal Xbox controller that you get when you purchase a console. Um, and it allows you essentially to map out different button layouts and you can swap out different components and kind of essentially customize it to your liking um for a long time playstation didn't have its own branded version of that yet kind of look to third parties but mm. now it does it well it does at least for the ps5 um and that is the dual sense edge we got the chance to essentially review the, the device um, we're, not, we're not calling it an out and out review um we just kind of got a bit more hands on time with it and played a few different games and just kind of get a feel for the experience and uh, we kind of share I mean our it's very thoughts.
0: hard to review a controller right because if it works it works yeah. like it either works or it doesn't
1: <laughs> yeah so we got a chance to check it out um, and we'll obviously link to the story regarding that uh, hands-on experience and we kind of just shared our thoughts um, I'm not going to read through the entire thing for you but I'll just give you a few uh, of the highlights the one is that this controller is expensive there's no way to get around it I mean um, because it is, I guess, a pro, quote unquote, version of the normal DualSense, it's going to carry a higher price tag. Unfortunately, that price tag is extremely high, almost three times as much as the normal DualSense. So this is more than
0: 4,700 Rand.
1: It is not. It just comes under that. So 4,399
0: okay. Rand. So. I mean, yeah, it's not bad. I mean, the Xbox uh, Elite Series 2 is 4,799 on 9. take a right now.
1: Yeah, so I mean. <laughs> I think when you're paying 11,000 Rand for consoles and then for, for an additional peripheral, you gotta yeah. pay nearly a, far, nearly a third far, of that, yeah, yeah. It's, not, it's not great. Um, so that's kind of one of the initial drawbacks. If you're gonna be purchasing this controller, it has to be with a purpose in mind. And um, as far as kind of the features are concerned, it has a few more um, uh, controls available to you. So you're able to add different buttons, specifically there are two function buttons at the front of the controller and on the rear there are two slots for different types of triggers that you want to that you can potentially add um, there's also a longer braided USB cord which I thought was it should have been in, in the I guess the original DualSense uh, would have been helpful, it's almost almost like three times as long as, oh, wow. as the previous one which is quite helpful um, it also has a, a dock connector just to ensure that things don't get damaged if for example uh, someone, a dog, maybe or some kind of pet, <laughs> comes across your cord and yanks Rips things. It off, anyway, yeah. Um, so yeah, it has a lot of those nice little features. Um, there's a good heft to the controller as well. Um, that's to be expected, considering how many more components there are to it. Um, the other kind of key element is the ability to swap out your joysticks. So, it has, I guess, the original ones that came with the DualSense, and then it has two p- two different uh, pairs that you can that you can swap out. Um, they are kind of, I guess, taller and shorter domed mm. uh, sticks. Um, that is kind of one of the killer features of the of this DualSense Edge, the ability to s- simply swap out sticks as you require. I mention that because the DualSense controller that we received with our PS5 that's on long review, long alone, should I say, um, the left-sided stick broke... Probably a year into our our review, um, we've so, kind of. Sorry, when
0: you say broke, what do you mean?
1: The I guess the top, the the, the plastic rubberized yeah. top of it okay. has come off. You're still able to use it, but yeah, it's a, it's at the skeleton, right? You see the plastic yeah. skeleton. Yeah, um, So it, it obviously it's a bit of an eyesore. It is still functional, but kind of when you go into a retailer and you ask them for replacement parts simply don't have yeah. it seems like the only thing that is available are little caps that go mm-hmm. on top of the existing rubber or... um, to kind of give you I guess m- maybe more of a tactile feel mm-hmm. a bit of control things like that but you can't actually get replacement parts from that so to kind of fork out money for an entirely new controller just doesn't make sense to yeah me. no one's so going to do that it is a killer feature um, it is really nice to have I wish they had, had added a few more um, kind of extra or spares uh, to the box. There's only six in total, including the two that come on the actual controller itself. Um, so those are
0: obviously at different heights as well. That's correct.
1: Yeah, yeah so it would have been nice to have a few more. Um, it has a nice carrying case, quite handsome. Um, and now we have to talk about the thing that sucks, uh, battery life. Oh. Um, so PlayStation have said anywhere from five to 10 hours on a full charge, which is a concerningly wide window, if you (laughs) ask me, Five hours. Yeah. Yeah, so in our experience, um, if we got to four hours, we were lucky. Um, But that's because these controllers use Bluetooth, correct? mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so it's it's one of those devices that if you're planning on playing the entire day, you probably won't be able to. Mm. Uh, Also, once you're done using it, you're going to want to have to charge it. Mm -hmm. Uh, at night, um, that is a bit of a concern, at least from our Especially if you don't have the the charging docking station. Yeah. Because um, the PlayStation 5 only charges when, uh, one, when, it's when on when it's on or it's in rest mode. The problem uh, with the rest mode is, especially for South Africans. Yeah. When load shedding hits, mm. it cuts the power. Yeah. And. Resets oh, the so does cons- go back into rest mode? Uh, no, it doesn't go to the, the rest mode, but also you potentially are now running the risk of damaging your hard Consul, drive yeah. uh, down the line with these continuous trips and stuff like that. So, <sighs> yeah, that just, that's just something, I guess, to consider, consider that I've picked up anecdotally. Um, so, yeah, very expensive, um, poor battery life, regardless of its killer features and its really great functionality and performance, um, it's just simply not something I can recommend right now.
0: It's a luxury. It's a luxury thing, yeah. right? It's definitely not something that anybody, everybody, is going to need or or even want. Um, but yeah, it is a bit concerning that the battery life is so far away from the claim. Yeah,
1: unfortunately, yeah. it's not a replacement for the normal DualSense sense. Mm. I, I reckon a lot of people will be wielding these in tandem. So once your battery runs out on your Edge, you'll switch to, you'll the, switch the, normal. to the normal DualSense sense, which okay. still gives pretty good battery life. Uh, I'm able to get to three three, four days of, of solo gameplay without having to okay. charge it again. Um I think they listed around fifteen to twenty hours of, of play before you need to charge it again. I don't know why the
0: new one or the the um sorry, what's it called? Edge edge, yeah. edge, why it's so bad then? I'm not too sure why they didn't just up the, the battery capacity. Probably maybe made it too heavy in testing, but I mean, at that, like it's, in a he- it's a heavy controller. Regardless, yeah. Okay. So. I, I think
1: that, that's a sacrifice that people would be willing to make yeah. if the battery life was better. I mean, is there even even any like,
2: reason to not have it plugged out at this point, especially with the longer cable? I mean, if it only lasts four
1: hours. I mean, I guess it really depends on what your setup is or yeah. how you've got your kind of console and TV set up in your living room or wherever you're playing. Yeah. <sighs> oh. I guess... Yeah, but these are the first of all problems. Yeah, worrying. first of all
0: problems. Uh, let's get the the uh, power situation sorted out, Escon, and then uh, maybe all of us can buy edge control. <laughs> right. Uh, this week we're going to take a look at what's coming in the month ahead because uh, it's the end of. That's a big truck that's going past. Sorry for that noise. Um, it's the end of the month, next week, the end of February, even though it's felt like three months already uh, into 2023. Uh, so we're going to take a look at what's coming this month, starting with series. And I think we'll start with you, Robin. Um, what series are you looking forward to for uh, March of 2023?
1: Yeah, so I have picked two. Uh, the first is uh, a pretty long title. It's Attack on Titan, Final Season, Season 3, Part
0: 3. Okay. All right.
1: Sorry, let me say that again. Attack on Titan Final Season Part 3. But there are two parts to Part 3. The first part starts on the 4th of March. It begins airing. You should be able to be watching it, I guess, 24 hours later on services like Crunchyroll. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: I, I believe they have a similar cast, uh, that they're preparing. Uh, so you should be able to watch it. That's at least for the Japanese dub. You'll have to kind of wait a bit longer, maybe a few more weeks for the English dub episodes to start uh, being available. Um, there are nine episodes in this part one of part three. Okay. <laughs> um, the, uh, I believe the first episode will be a one-hour-long episode, and then part two of part three is coming later this year. So hopefully the wait isn't too long. Um, and yeah, it kind of will hopefully now wrap up this Saga, which has spanned over three years for the final season, for some what? reason. What? Yeah, it's t- <laughs> yeah. taken three it's, years for the are final you, season. Are you being serious? Yeah, so MAPPA, uh, a studio that uh, are like Thanos in like getting all the best anime properties available. Um, they're, they're assembling their Infinity Gauntlet. <laughs> yeah. Attack on Titan, they've, they've really tried to stretch out. I'm not too sure why, because it is. it will continue to be one of the the most anticipated series of all time yeah why not just release everything when it's ready I okay. wonder if it's just not for accolades
0: you know it's like stretch it out get it as many uh, awards and recognition as it
1: can well I'm, I'm sure it'll pick up all those awards anyway yeah. um, so kind of back to what's going to be happening in this part one uh, it's now that the rumbling is happening, um, people that are watched Tekken Titan will know what I'm talking about. Um, you will now actually get to see what happens when uh, the Survey Corps, or rather the remaining members of the Survey Corps, go and take on uh, Aaron Jaeger in his new kind of founding Titan form and are going to try and stop the rumbling, which threatens all of humanity. So the stakes are getting even higher if they weren't higher already. And yeah. Um, it'll be airing on the 4th of March and it should be
0: uh,
1: uh, the the numbers around viewership should be astronomically high
0: (laughs) I can imagine Um,
1: the other series is also I think a series that will get astronomically high views it's uh, Succession season 4 which is also going to be the final season yeah Uh, hopefully they're not doing an Attack on Titan thing this will be the final season Uh, it picks up after some bombshells and the I guess the season finale of season three and now it's kind of Logan Roy against his three kids and yeah it should be really really interesting um it's one of those shows that is just uh the writing is so sharp um and the interactions between the characters is really nuanced and interesting and it's all the people in the show are terrible human beings but for whatever reason they just make for great television so yeah it'll be um, it'll be airing on the 26th of March Um, we haven't had word yet from Multichoice or Showmax as regards when South Africans will be able to watch
0: it but uh,
1: Showmax in particular have been quite good when it comes to HBO series and bringing them to South Africa
0: I'm sure they'll have they'll have it airing the next day or the same day well
1: I mean yeah yeah. they're doing that for The Last of Us Yeah,
0: so I mean I'm sure that they'll do it like you say the the show is so great because these people are all awful (laughs) and it just makes for the best viewing Um, if if you've never watched Succession I highly recommend it Mm -hmm. the first couple of episodes are a bit slow but just stick with it promise you it gets really really good
1: yeah i don't know i was kind of hooked after that f- very first episode when uh, they're doing the baseball game yeah when 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 that ha- whole interaction happens and how they treat that kid yeah i was like these people oh, the oh,
0: i'm just cringing now thinking of it um for my pick uh there is uh, mine is also a, a part a two-parter so the first part was released uh earlier this month uh, and the next part is released on 9th of March I'm of course talking about Joe Goldberg and you um, If you're a fan of the serial stalker Who also happens to be a killer um, The final season, I think this is going to be the final season It better be the final season of you uh, Is Well the first part is available on Netflix right now And the second part is, like I said, on 9th of March um, Joe Goldberg is now Jonathan Moore who is an English professor at a university mm-hmm. in the UK.
1: Please tell me he puts on an accent. No, he doesn't. Uh, yeah. He's
0: American. And yeah. nobody seems to recognize him, uh, even though he's like one of the face of one of the biggest murders, quote-unquote. Uh, if you don't know, the season three finale of uh, You Sees Him Dying uh, at the hand of his wife, Love Quinn, um, except now he's in the UK and nobody recognizes him. Uh, which is just odd to me uh, Anyway, he's he's uh, Made friends with a group of Well-to-do influencers uh, And when I say influencers, I mean in the Like historic sense of the word Whereas these are people that are High society, very, very wealthy um, and Yeah, it's an intriguing Premise because Joe is trying To find uh, Somebody else uh, I don't want to go too much into it for spoilers But it's really intriguing so far The first half of the season has been uh, an absolute wild ride, as has the entirety of the show. Um, so yeah, uh, 9th of March, the final season of that comes out. I do want to ask Netflix really, really nicely, because I know Ted Sarandos and all of them listen to this this podcast uh, religiously. <laughs> Please stop doing this 2 part thing. It's really, really silly and just breaks up everything. Because um, now I'm going to have to go back and watch these uh, five episodes that just aired again, to make sure that I know what's happening. in That's way forward.
1: precisely their plan. Yeah, I was yeah say. it's
0: just annoying. I know they did this with uh, Stranger Things last year as well. Um, it's just, just don't do it, please. Just put it all out at once, or do the weekly thing, like one episode a week until you release them all. Um, right. Uh, Let's move on to games. Let's start with you, Louis. Uh, What have you got for us in terms of game releases?
2: I got two games. Um, One is kind of like a re-release. Actually, both are kind of re-releases. Very interesting. (laughs) Uh, One is for like a very indie title and one is for like a big, big deal AAA mega thing. So I think I'll start with, uh, I'll go with dates. Uh, So Valheim, I don't know if either of you guys have heard of Valheim. (sighs) I'm sorry. I, I hate this game
0: because really? all my friends were like, "Oh, come and play Valheim. Come and play Valheim." Yeah. And then they went and played it. Mm-hmm. And then by the time I was like, "Okay, I can mm-hmm. afford to buy Valheim," yeah. they were like, oh, "No, we're not playing names.
2: Oh uh, yeah, yeah. That, I think a similar thing happened to many people. So, Valheim uh, kind of benefited from the from its release date during the the middle or the beginning of the harsh. Lockdowns during the yeah. COVID-19 pandemic, and um, in just three weeks after it was it was released in February 2021, it sold four million copies. Because everyone was at home, everyone was bored, and everyone wanted to kind of play with their friends. Yeah. And Valheim is an open world open world game. It, you it, you can run it on a potato, and it's like it's super expansive, and the crafting is fun, and it's great, and all those things. Um, and now in 2023. Uh, it's, it's coming to Game Pass, so Valheim is coming to Xbox Series X and S on the Xbox Game Pass. Um, it will be launching on the 14th of March, so uh, in the middle of, the, of, of near the eyes of March. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, if, if you know, if you want to try get into Valheim, it's basically the same game. So all of the multiplayer stuff is there, um, and it'll be it'll ship with all of the new um, expansion content, um, all the new biomes. Uh, I know recently they launched a magic system, which was really interesting. And like there's like a necromancy thing going on where you can raise skeletons and stuff, and people were raving about it. So um, I can attest that I spent uh, a very long time playing this game uh, during the pandemic, uh, building like a fortress in like the dark forest, which was fun and cool. And uh, yeah, it's a super addictive little title. Um, And for Game Pass, definitely worth the download if you have uh, the service. And then in the second game that I have is a remake of, um, many say that Resident Evil 4 is Probably among the best games ever made, um, and this is the remake of the game. So Capcom has been remaking the Resident Evils. They've uh, they've kind of I don't know when they decided to start doing it, uh, but they've just been remaking each one of them in succession, and they've gotten rave reviews um, from because they the the way they remake the games is that they kind of conserve the nostalgia factor, yeah. but also that they iterate on the gameplay and they make the graphics better and they obviously and they um storyline wise they give the characters a lot of uh, new things to do and you know fans are just you know going crazy and ob- obviously it's been working for them sales wise
0: yeah i mean resident evil 2 resident evil 3 and exactly now 4
2: now 4 and i mean uh, they're, they're starting to get to the bad ones yeah so we'll see if they remake those <laughs> Uh, but yeah, Resident Evil 4 Remake um, is launching on the 24th of March um, and you know, you'll know you get to play with Leon again and do the whole thing with the with the infest, infected uh,
1: zombie people in Spain. Do you reckon they're skipping 5? I think it's probably I think the they best. Will. I think
0: they're going to. For the best. <laughs> I, I think it's a, bit, a good idea to
2: do. They can skip do. both 5 and 6 honestly, but yeah. uh, 5 was uh, controversial mm. for certain reasons. And uh, one of the kind of uh, talking about controversy, um, there was gameplay of Resident Evil 4 remake, and it had the infamous. um, Do you guys remember when they remade very recently um, Grand Theft Auto 3, I believe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the rain. Uh huh. Oh, uh, San Andres. They remade San Andres as well, and it had this really bad rain. Bad rain,
0: yeah.
2: uh, So apparently, the GTA rain is in. Uh, the remake of Resident Evil 4, and people are like, whoa, Capcom, what's going on here? It looks terrible. So hopefully Capcom can kind of uh, get rid of that and uh, give uh, Resident Evil 4 the polish and the quality it deserves.
0: Right. Uh, My game is also a re-release, except not really. Um, It's coming to a new platform. Uh, The Last of Us Part 1. Uh, is releasing on PC on the 28th of March. That's right at the end of the month. It was meant to be released earlier in the month. I think it was the 9th of March, if I stand to be corrected. Uh, But now they've pushed out the release saying that they want to put out the best possible product. Um, And yeah, I guess they're also just trying to uh, ride the coattails oh on yeah. the hype of the last of us series that's on hbo at the moment i highly recommend if you haven't watched that um we don't know much about this game in terms of its requirements to run on pc the steam page literally just says requires a 64-bit process and operating system which is pretty much every operating system on a gaming mm-hmm. pc these days um we don't really know what it's going to require in terms of uh, technical heft, although to be honest, I mean, this ra- runs on a PlayStation 5, so it should, should an equivalent PC should be able to run it, yeah. I would hope. Um, but yeah, obviously they'll need to uh, do some more uh, tweaking in order for most systems to be able to run this. Um, this is obviously the first part of the Last of Us saga, um, and yeah. I mean, not much more to say. This game's been out since what? Like, when was Last of Us first released?
2: I want to say 2015. I want to say 2013.
0: The original Last of Us? Yeah, Last of Us. When was the original? It's more than a decade now, isn't it? Yeah, it must be. Um, Sorry, everybody's furiously Furiously googling. Furiously googling. Uh, 2013. Yeah, 2013. So it's a full decade after its release. Um, It's coming to PC. Which is very very interesting if you haven't played it at this point because mm. um, you you'd never had a playstation or i mean you yeah i guess that's the only way you could have played it. uh it coming to pc should be really good um yeah i mean most of the playstation's ports to pc have been really really good in terms of performance that's spider-man uh, god of war horizon zero dawn um What's, I think not Returnal Uncharted Returnal Yeah so I mean these should be, This should be really really good And uh, I think that if you've now watched the series But never played the game uh, You'll get to see how different everything is And how the directors of that show Just stabbed our hearts Yeah <laughs> um, So yeah I'm looking forward to that uh, <laughs> the Little Last of Us cordyceps Mushroom thing popped up Because I searched for it Oh Google. nice Um, Yeah, so uh, looking forward to that at the end of March on PC. Um, On Steam, the game carries a price of 1069 Rand for the Digital Deluxe version. Uh, If you just want to get the game, it's 899 Rand.
2: I'm interested to see what the modding community do with The Last of Us on PC. Like Mario and Luigi oh, yeah.
0: running through uh, wastelands <laughs> in the US,
2: getting eaten by infected,
0: and oh yeah,
2: it's gonna be terrible.
0: Right, uh, let's move on to the last section, uh, movies, and I'm gonna kick us off. Uh, what I'm looking forward to is 65, which is a sci-fi film that's uh, produced by Sam Raimi. Uh, this the soundtrack is scored by uh, Danny Elfman. Um, and it's directed by Scott Beck and Brian Woods who directed A Quiet Place. Um, So 65 tells the story of an astronaut who crashes on a planet and then quickly discovers that the planet is prehistoric Earth 65 million years ago. Um, the Blurbreams now with only one chance at rescue mills and the only other survivor, Koa, must make their way across unknown terrain, riddled with dangerous prehistoric creatures in an epic fight to survive. Uh, it stars Adam Driver, um, Ariana Greenblatt and Chloe Coleman. And it looks like an interesting take on the uh, time traveling thing, I think. Going back in time, um, maybe humanity was here before the dinosaurs and we created some cool things. and taught humanity. I don't know how this ends, Right. Uh, but maybe there's a there's a chance of a futuristic planet, uh, and who knows? Maybe this is the start of a franchise. Right. You know, 65, and then we can have 35. Like looking back, 35 yeah. million years
1: ago. I reckon this is going to be a Planet of the Apes situation.
0: All oh, right. with the reveal so. at the end. I oh.
1: that's just my theory. Are you no. damn dirty dinosaurs. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> what would be interesting is if
0: they did a, a sort of. Um, like linked to the uh, the alien movies the new ones that have been done Prometheus and what was the other one Covenant that's it Covenant having them like kind of linked together you know and then they see the, the big the, the white dudes I don't know
2: the na- what are they called the navigators or <laughs> the navigators
0: yes engineers 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 um, but yeah I, I'm looking forward to this it should be just mindless sci-fi fun at the end of the day with futuristic astronaut versus prehistoric dinosaurs oh, that yeah. gunny oh, yeah, is the good. coolest
1: thing ever I don't know if you've seen the trailer but the gunny uses in the trailer is awesome
0: okay I mean yeah, I think it's just going to be fun like
2: Hollywood so, oh, so hold shot, on is he you know? just massacring dinosaurs right? <laughs> yeah.
0: That's, isn't that bad for like the
2: time continuum
0: well <laughs> they
1: were gonna die right
2: yeah, so.
0: so I mean if we take the rules of Loki uh-huh. <laughs> the Loki series of okay. okay. plus if you are facing an impending disaster uh-huh. then everything you do in that point doesn't matter because it doesn't break the timeline okay. as long as
1: they do one thing correctly and that is, we have dinosaurs that are for the correct era. Okay, right. <laughs>
0: it's not Jurassic Park. We're gonna have like Velociraptors, Tyrannosaurus, nah, Stegosaurus, everything Stakesaurus, in Stakesaurus, everything in the Rob, same. Bright Brachiosaurus. Everything together in one big. Oh
2: uh,
0: <laughs> I mean, it's sci-fi. It's uh, like suspend your disbelief. Um, but the production team is some like Sam Remy is producing it, which is very interesting. Uh, Danny Elfman doing the score. He did *Nightmare Before Christmas*. Um, Beetlejuice, a couple of other well-known show, uh, movies, and then having the team behind uh, A Quiet Place, Scott Beck and Brian Woods, I think that's, I mean, at the very least, we're gonna have a very pretty, very nice sounding uh, movie, and at the worst, it's just sci-fi, short. Hey, Adam Driver. Love me some Adam Driver. <laughs> yeah. Right, uh, what are you guys looking forward to in terms of movies? Robin, let's start with you.
1: Yes, so uh, Creed Three, uh, that is gonna be in cinemas on the 3rd of March. And uh, Michael B. Jordan is helming uh, the film not just as the lead actor but also the director. Um, for
0: sorry it's a jumping in here. Did he not direct the last one as well?
1: no, that wasn't it wasn't um, uh, Ryan Coogler. it was another director, okay. but it wasn't Michael B. Jordan. Okay. This time he is kind of helming the entire project essentially. Okay. Um, And yeah, um, he's already, uh, anyone kind of interested in the film has probably already seen snippets where he's described the boxing scenes as being inspired by some anime. He dropped, name dropped a few really important ones in the, I guess in the genre. Um, uh, Hijime no Ippo, it was one that he mentioned. He also mentioned Dragon Ball Z, uh, to kind of showcase the power of the punches and kind of how you're gonna see that in the fights. And it's also gonna be starring uh, Jonathan Majors, who comes in as a new character called Damien Anderson. Uh, He and Michael B. Jordan's character of Adonis Creed were childhood friends, uh, got up to no good, and uh, Damien takes the fall for it. Uh, He goes into prison, and I believe that the film picks up where Adonis Creed has now retired. Um, Damien gets released from prison and essentially asks him for assistance kind of to get back into the ring
0: isn't this the plot for Black Panther uh, don't know <laughs> Where if somebody does something somebody takes the fall for somebody else and
1: well yeah that's when uh, T'Challa kills not T'Challa uh, T'chaka. T'Chaka kills his brother yeah in Los Angeles California yeah. there, are, there are definitely parallels there I
0: mean it just yeah <laughs> it just struck me as like a, a common story that I've heard before
1: well hopefully no one's gonna be dunning or drinking hot shaped herb and stuff like that um <laughs> So yeah, uh, it's Star Jonathan Majors who you will probably be seeing as well in uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, or maybe not from uh, the review that Louis did. So, yeah, um, it will be interesting to kind of see what uh, Michael B. Jordan's directing chops are like. Uh, from the early reviews that I've seen from international publications, the kind of sentiment is pretty positive. Okay. Um, that said, I'm hoping that this is the end of it. I don't want us to get into Rocky Five territory with, like, characters like Tommy Gunn and stuff like mm. that. It's just... I, I, I've really actually enjoyed the first and second Creed films. I don't want it to devolve into something... Kind of, it becomes full yeah, yeah, so hopefully um, this is it for Creed and uh, we can see Michael B. Jordan in other kind of properties. He's a very good actor, obviously. Same goes for Jonathan Majors, and yeah, 3rd uh, uh, of March. Do we think there's gonna be like a Rocky stinger near the end?
2: Like, like he gets up the car and then there's Rocky, and then they, oh, Creed Four, <laughs>
1: even rockier. <laughs> no, I think maybe B.A. Barakas' son or someone else's son. Who else does he fight?
0: They right. uh, already have Drago's yeah, son. The
1: wizard, yeah, they already really Drago's son.
0: Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I just hopefully it's a trilogy, and they're like, okay, we're, we're good with the trilogy. Yeah. And then in ten years' time, they can reboot the the, the idea like
2: Even even further.
0: Yeah. Like have Michael B. Jordan have a son or something that becomes a boxer, or whatever. You know. Yeah. Louis, what have you got for us in terms of movies? Okay,
2: so we we're gonna get real nerdy now. Um, I'm actually looking forward to this. Me too. I am. I'm also. So, Dungeons and Dragons: Honor Among Thieves, the second live action. Yes. That, well, Actually, no. The, it, it's, there's been others, but this is the second live action Dungeons and Dragons movie that's come to theaters. Um, it's coming out at the end of March on the thirty-first, um, and it is, uh, you know. Were, for a long time, Dungeons and Dragons was nothing; no one cared, and all of a sudden it came back into the mainstream, uh, probably in th- thanks to uh, Critical Role and and you know streaming uh, of campaigns. Strange things. Yeah, Stranger yeah. Things as well, definitely. Yeah. Um, and, and now it's here, a Dungeons and Dragons movie. And I guess uh, if you're a fan of the of the game, uh, the tabletop game, or any of the many video game IPs that is that have kind of taken the uh, the the, the property over the years. Um, this is kind of aimed at, for you. Um, the trailer has a lot of, uh, you know, kind, kind of. There's a mimic uh, yeah. chest. Um, there's slime. There's a there's an owl bear, which is a fantasy thing that's kind of been missing from the big screen. I think. Um,
0: <laughs> I do.
2: Uh, and so, kind of the from the trailer, we know that there's certain things that happen. They get chased by a dragon. They meet a bunch of necromancers. Uh, but we don't actually know what the plot's gonna be other than um, these a group of thieves, uh, the party of thieves, um, they have to kind of take back the MacGuffin from an evil force yeah. of some sort. Um, and so the party is, Chris Pine is, is, is leading, leading man Chris Pine. He's going to be playing a bard, which is interesting because usually yeah. the leading man is some sort of warrior.
0: Barbarian. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: But he's playing a bard. Uh, bards are really cool characters. You know, they can do magic and they can do swords and they can do whatever the hell they want. They can sing. And they can sing and they can inspire. inspire. They can inspire the party. <laughs> Michelle Rodriguez is coming through as Holga the Barbarian. Um, she's throwing people around and she has power and uh, I hope they do the rage thing properly. Yeah. That that will be cool. Um, next is Regé Jean Page as Zenk the Paladin. So there's a Paladin character. Yes, all my
1: Bridgerton fans will love him. So. <laughs> uh,
2: I think I think it's cool that he's playing a Paladin. I think this is like it, it gives the the role some uh, you know some nobility. Yeah. Right. Uh, Justice Smith is playing Simon the Sorcerer. Um, so sorcerers in D and D are supposed to be like. They're kind of like wild mages that, you know, they, yeah. they, they don't have to really study for their magic, they kind of just do it. Um, and in, in, the, in the trailers, he's kind of using items for magic. So yeah. I don't know if they're changing up the formula a little bit there. Uh, Sophia Lillis, uh, you might know her from both of the It movies, It Chapter 1 and oh, Chapter 2. Yeah. She's playing uh, Doric, which is a tiefling druid. Um, so there's been some controversy over this because uh, she looks very human for a tiefling.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, people were like, at least make her blue or something, you know? Yeah. She has horns and a tail, but she's... she's uh, Very human. She's very, movies, yeah. she's very Caucasian. You don't get albino... No, do. actually, you can. things can be humanish, and so the problem have, is,
0: is that they just, we just want it to look a little bit different, you know, sure. than Chris Pine, who is a human. <laughs> yeah,
2: uh, and then Hugh Grant is playing a rogue, um, and so uh, it looks like, in terms of villains, the this party of nerdwells goes up against the Red Wizards of Thay, which is kind of like. A, a, a group of big bads, uh, usually you see them in like Forgotten Realms settings, so maybe they're going to be in the Forgotten Realms kind of uh, location of areas, of cities and stuff like Neverwinter and Baldur's Gate, uh, but uh, we don't really know what's going on here or what they're going to do. So um, I'm interested to see what kind of references pop up, uh, you know, what, what goes on and hopefully, hopefully, fingers crossed, it's better than the one they the the Dungeons and Dragons that came that out. Jeremy Irons. Yeah, it's
0: much better than that one. See, the re- i think that the, the what excites me about this is that they're having fun with it. Yeah. Like, I think that's what made like the Legend of Box Machina and all Critical roles stuff yeah. so engaging. Is that there was serious stuff that happened yeah. when characters, like, fall or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but most of the time, it's all just about having fun. Yeah. And I think that's what so many Dungeons & Dragons properties that try and try and put it into, like, a series or whatever mm-hmm. miss. is that, like, sure, you're going to have serious moments. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, like, people that are playing these campaigns among their friends are the memories of the things that are hilarious. Yeah. You know? Like... Um, yeah there's just there's just fun things that happen during a campaign yeah that happen within the realm of that game mm-hmm. that just maybe don't translate into um like television or movies right. but i think what's nice about this is that they're having fun like every trailer has gotten a little bit of a chuckle up yeah. that it's been released so far so yeah i'm really excited for this uh, really really excited
2: speaking on that yeah the the critical role have managed to do that in the in the amazon prime series you yeah. know uh but like you said it'll be interesting to see if they kind of get that camaraderie that uh that dumb kids in a basement yeah. feeling going i between
0: mean that's, the characters. that's what i loved about like the legend of box now is that like they you got the yeah. sense that all of these people were friends you know that there yeah. was this like we're banding together to defeat back you know, or whatever mm. it may be like and I hope that they capture that with this. Although it does seem like they have. Also, Albert. yes. Albert. is yes. cool. Well
1: done. Do you reckon there's going to be a kind of Lego movie-like reveal at the end, where it's actually you see these kids that are actually playing the game? That would
0: be badass. That would be awesome. I think that would, that could that could stand to make like any sequels that they plan moving forward just a little bit more special, like mm. a little bit more engaging, knowing that okay, so this is just based off of a bunch of kids in a basement. Playing Dungeons and Dragons, rolling dice.
1: Guys, uh, look, I'm here to consult. I'm happy to take
0: a fee of some kind. If, like, at the end, it's revealed that it's a critical role campaign. And it's a critical role. Well, apparently, there is some sort of uh,
2: cameo planned with the critical role guys. That'd be cool. (laughs) So,
0: Mercer going into uh, the rocker.
2: So, we'll see what happens. Um, it's being directed by Jonathan Goldstein and John Francis Daly. John Francis Daly, you might recognize from Bones. He played Lance Sweets, um, if you're into that. Um, and For the older crowd, he was in Waiting. Ah, yes. <laughs> um, so, the pair uh, directed and wrote Spider-Man Homecoming. Oh, wow. So, um, and they also did... Uh, well, uh, John Francis Daly is also writing the new Flash movie that's coming out, the new DC movie. Mm-hmm. So, there's some... Credits here behind their names, not much. Uh, Spider-Man Homecoming was okay. Let's hope Dungeons &
0: Dragons is is great. Yeah. Right, so that's going to wrap it up from us on what we're looking forward to uh, next month in March. Uh, Hopefully, Escon plays ball and uh, the power situation gets better. Otherwise, we're going to be watching the back of our eyelids. He
1: said knowing the answer already. You
0: know what? I have hope, all right? I have a small modicum of hope. Um, but that's going to wrap it up from us for this week. From myself, Brendan Lars, Cheerio. From Robin Chetty. Take care, everyone. And from Louis Monzon. Bye, everybody. We'll see you next week. Goodbye. are sorry. The number you have dialed is not in service at this time.